here. We've made it. We are here. We're sorry for all the delays. We promise we'll be better the next next few months. I think it'll be easier. Yeah. There's been a lot of weird transitioning stuff happening the last couple weeks, and we have both been trying to get back <laughs> yeah. into a schedule. Yeah. It's been rough, but yes. we're, we're getting there. It has been, like, super eventful few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, big news that happened. Uh, Champ's name is officially changed okay. legally yeah. and all around the board, so just Champ. I am now Champ Champenstein, so hi, welcome. I'm Champ Champenstein. It's permanent. This is Champ Champenstein. <laughs> Get it right. Uh, funny, because I laughed so hard about, like, potentially being a Dr. Champenstein. <laughs> you know, what's, I was telling Brayden about that last week when you were getting it done. I was like, oh, Champ, Champ, like, got their name officially changed. And Brayden was like, oh, yeah, what, what, did, what did they change it to? And I was like... <coughs> oh, you know, just the same name they've been going by for years, Champ Champenstein, and he was like, Champ Champenstein, that's the name? Like, the, that's actually the last name? And I was like, yeah, and he's like, cool. I wasn't expecting that. Cool. And I was like, well, Champ, it's Champ. It's Champ. Yeah, well, and it's just like, I didn't know what to do. And I was like, well, this seems like the easiest yeah. route to go. Yeah. Like, I don't care. But yeah. You, now you can do the whole thing. I do people, care, but... Yeah, when people ask, like, Really? You can just be like, yeah, dude, look at my license. That's my real name. It's Champ Champenstein. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yes. Exciting news here on the forefront. Yes. I, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to have Heather here. We're here. We're going to talk about some comics, I guess. Yes. Uh, and I am Heather. <laughs> <coughs> Always. And I'm going to talk about these comics. Are you? I'm going to try to. Good luck. Okay, so... I have Locust. I almost said The Locust. I was about to say, oh, that's a cool book about The Locust. Yeah. Uh, Locust, The Ballad of Men. This is issue number two. This is the second part of the uh, this Locust series. Uh, basically, it's a post-apocalyptic book about a man trudging through the wasteland of America where all these people are turning into locusts. Uh, there's cults and all that kind of stuff but in this part of the story um he had rescued a young girl who you know i forgot the you keep talking i forgot the okay. easel oh yeah um i can never remember what her name is um but he had rescued this young girl from a cult that was being run by someone that he used to know named ford who was like sacrificing these these children and stuff to feed the locusts to like keep them alive um, so he rescues this girl, and this is, uh, him and the girl just trying to stay alive. It's kind of like The Last of Us, except the girl's obsessed with pancakes. So, I'm just gonna set that up there for just a minute. Locust. Um, there's a big explosion. He gets injured, um, and he's just trying to get back to where the girl is right now. That's all. Boom, baby. Uh, Scout, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Scout, baby. <laughs> Um, all right, so I'm next. <clears throat> I have Night Eaters. I am going to hold this for a second so I can describe this to you, because I did not read all of it. It's a big book. Uh, yeah, I just got about, like, quarter of the way through. So, Chinese-American twins Millie and Bobby are having a tough time. On top of the multiple failures of their personal and professional lives, they are struggling to keep their restaurant afloat. Luckily, their parents, Ipo and Kion are in town for their annual visit. Having immigrated from Hong Kong before the twins were born, Ipo and Kion have supported their children through thick and thin 
and are ready to lend a hand, but they're starting to wonder, has their support made Millie and Bobby, or Millie and Billy? <laughs> I just, in my head, I was like, Millie Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> Damn you, Millie Bobby Brown. <laughs> Millie and Billy incapable of standing on their own. Um, and then Ipo, their, their mother, makes them help them, makes her, makes them help her clean up this really gross overgrown house that's next door that has been abandoned for a period of time that they're trying to sell um but they can't sell but there's something creepy about it but this is the same team that does monstrous um majori lu and sana takata takeda um so yeah if you like monstrous i really like this Um, i i really when i was looking through it the other day it looks yeah, the art is great. The story was, like, the story goes pretty quick. Like, I love Monstrous, but th- that story is just, like, so dense. There's so much going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's nice to read something of hers that was, like, a little bit, like, lighthearted, I guess is not the right word. But mm-hmm. there is, like, more funny moments in here. And, like, it does say with, without, like, so much, like, heft as Monstrous has. Creepy and laugh out loud funny is two of the words used to describe this book. So <laughs> never heard that about monstrous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, not like that at all. Um, yeah, I would highly suggest it. I mean, it's a nice little hardcover. It is $24.99. Nice little dust jacket. Though I hate dust jackets when I'm reading a book. I technically always take them off. And again, it is a it's a thick book. Oh, like you're you're cool. getting a lot. Oh, yeah, that is cool. I haven't taken this off, actually. Oh, sick. Let me see the back. Yeah. Oh, so love this that. Is, this, this is it without the dust jacket. Way cool. Way cool. Um, that's all I got to say. Check it out. Or don't. Whatever you want to do. Just but do it. It's good. It's Halloween time, so get 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 it. Get some. Get, get, get it. Also, I, I, would, I will mention that this does, like, have pan- pandemic references. A lot of books nowadays do. Yeah, so. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) The great pandemic of 2020. That's it, because it's no longer around. I don't know if anyone else has heard. (laughs) Pandemic's over. Uh, So next, we have Hitomi. Uh, Heather, you take this away. Okay. This is issue number one. Your turn. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I was like, really? (laughs) Um, This is about a a young girl in feudal era Japan who is kind of on the search for a samurai who killed her family but left her alive for some reason. Um, It's, yeah, it's just a revenge story, but this just starts it pretty much where she's Mm -hmm. on her mission trying to find this samurai that she describes as having um, skin as black as beetroot. I just like that beetroot is the word that she mm-hmm. uses to describe it, and it's like a constant thing throughout here. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a revenge story. She's finding the man who killed her family. Yeah. I uh, I really liked this first issue like quite a bit. I like, did too. It was really, really pretty. Like The art and the colors worked really well, and mm-hmm. just it really drew you in really fast. Like you're, You want her to succeed, but you also want to see like how this ends up not being exactly like... It's going to be a revenge story, but not at the yes. same time. Um, I do love, like, the art is obviously really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that it's a feudal era story with feudal era art. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought mm-hmm. that was really cool. I am just going to show 
that so whoever watches the videos can kind of see it's just it's drawn in that same style which i thought was a really nice touch to it yeah. and it is a really good first issue it it does a really good job of like bringing you in and introducing the characters and the plot and yeah. stuff um while obviously revealing that there's going to be way more to it than you you would think originally yeah for sure all right are you ready for next yeah let's do next Next, we've got Earth Divers. This was a book that came out last week, uh, but we had a bunch of damages. So, and I actually read this last week. Um, I did not. I saved it because I was like, I want to sit with it. Um, I've been very excited to read this book. Mm-hmm. I love. It's by Stephen Graham Jones, who I really, really like as an author. And so I, yeah, I was just, I was pretty excited about it. And I did. I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. Yeah, I did too. Um, I really liked the art um, mm-hmm. and the. Co- and the colors, some of the, like, shading was weird, but it didn't make it any less enjoyable. Right. Um, I'm definitely intrigued to see what happens mm-hmm. and, like, how they ended up here. Yeah, so, basically, it's just a group of, like, a small group of n- natives who discover a way to travel back in time and change history to save Earth. Um, well, Yeah. Save America. (laughs) To save their America. By, you know, killing killing, Columbus. (laughs) Killing Christopher Columbus. (laughs) Yeah, I I really did like this too because it introduces the idea without explaining how how did they figure this out like exactly yeah so, no it's it's kind of confused and it like they don't explain how any of them come together mm-hmm. or like any of those aspects so you're kind of left with like you have pieces and you can see how their relationships are now mm-hmm. and like you wonder like has it always been this way or like what I don't know. I stuff to explore, stories to build. Yeah, and Stephen Graham Jones is really good at like building stories like that. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's gonna be great. <clears throat> All right, I have. This oh is, no! This, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's just it's it's so boring. And I don't know if it's just like I'm over it, you mm-hmm. know, or if this actually was boring because I like Craven. I think Craven's cool as hell. This is X-Force, by the way. This is issue number 32. Uh, this is a Judgment Day crossover. Basically, the mutants are off do oh yeah. Are off doing their thing, and Craven is infiltrating Krakoa to find someone to kill so he can take home a prize. Um, but he gets into it with Omega, and they it's just it's very I went I don't know how to describe it. It I was bored. For one, I don't really care about Craven in this aspect because yeah. I'm reading X Force because I want to read about the team X Force. Yeah. Um, I do like that they brought Omega into the X Force to like fight with them and stuff. I mm-hmm. think he was a really cool addition to it. So anytime that he is in this doing something with them as a team, I'm like, cool. He can be redeemed. Mm-hmm. See, this is how you're supposed to do it. So just throwing them into a hole. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. Deadpool's in this too, which I, you know, if you know me at all, you know I could give a shit less about Deadpool. I yeah. don't, I don't care for him and I don't care that he's in this story. I don't care for him. I, I don't, I don't care for Deadpool. I don't, I, I love all my kids equally, <laughs> but I don't care for Deadpool. Um, but yeah, it's, 
I was just kind of bored. I, I really, thinking back, especially at the beginning of this X-Force series, like I loved, what was it, like the first 19 issues before the pandemic, and then it went on that long hiatus. I loved that whole half of the story, but everything since then like has, been, has just been kind of boring. Yeah. I have not really been interested and that's part of the reason why I did drop Wolverine. Yeah. Was yeah, the same. same thing. Like and I did think that the issue that I dropped it after, like I've said before, despite the fact that there were so many things that were left open, was a great ending to it. Mm-hmm. It was good. That's it. That's all you gotta do. And this just feels like they don't really know what else to do with it. And maybe that's just how I'm reading it because yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of X-Books. Like. Mm-hmm. And there is, in this one, too, like, Craven's just going around Krakoa just, like, killing mutants and shit. And he gets rid of all of the, like, the husks. Like, all of the eggs that were incubating, Aww. pretty much. He goes through and just kills them all. Yeah. Because he's like, I'm gonna, I'll show them who's Mr. Big Boss now. Which, and that leads to one of my favorite things. It's not a mutant. It was never alive. It's raw materials, uh-huh. protein. It's going to go to waste. Let me eat it. Gross. Thought that was really yeah. funny. Um, but yeah. And Beast is uh, obviously just like a piece of shit in this. Yeah. Sounds right. How he is. He speaks very highly of himself in this issue. And I know it's not <laughs> to do it. So yeah, that was X-Force. I don't dislike it. I'm just kind of bored by it at this point. Yeah. Understand. Yeah. You get it. But yeah, that's exactly why, you know, I jumped, we jumped off Wolverine. Mm-hmm. And that's, I don't know, I feel like that's Ben, ben Percy's thing. No, no, Starts no off offense. very strong. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then it just kind of like whittles down. And you're just like, I don't. And I do, I like the books, like the actual novels that I've read by mm-hmm. him. Like, I think they're great. But I think that's like, he, there's like an idea you know, and then it ends and you don't have to go any further with it. But then when you keep having to like build story arc after story arc, it, I can see it. Like yeah. it, it makes sense. And I do like Benjamin Percy as a writer, but I, I'm just kind of bored. I get it. Um, I just realized this book was five ninety nine. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that either. Uh, God damn. Anyway, Batman verse, this is Batman verse Robin. Um, this is a little book that's spun out of the Batman Superman World's Finest. Um, so all of those books are in like a weird continuity okay. uh, with World's Finest being like in the past. Okay. So this okay. is happening in the future. Um, this is happening after Alfred has passed away. Um, here the devil Nezha has been resurrected via Lazarus' pit situation um, and has turned Damien against him. And there's a little twist at the end. I, like, I really, I do enjoy this book, uh, but there is going to be, like, a spin-out event. I can't, it's Lazarus something. Um, But I don't want it. I get that. There's too many events that are just happening all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's like I like this book and I like World's Finest, but I don't I don't want to go beyond that. Yeah. There's too many Batman books. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like I, I really like the ideas behind it. I like I really actually super loved how like these this book was connected with World's Finest and like the like tie back to that book. Um 
what, like, I like that. I enjoyed it a lot. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I can't, I can't do another event. I feel like I'm, like, I'm really enjoying acts, but it's also just, like, events are exhausting. Mm-hmm. Well, because there's so many other, like, tie-ins that you have to get to, like, and they make it seem like you have to get all of them mm-hmm. to, like, get the full picture. And it's like, just do it. Just do it in, like, four books. Yeah, and I think this one, this event is, like, a potentially, I think, a series of, like, one-shots, something like that, which... I also don't like it's just no. like just give me yeah just give me a small like four mm-hmm. issues like that are all connected one two three four it doesn't matter um anyway I do like Batman vs. Robin um the art and colors are great I, I liked this issue a lot just um Batman and Alfred end up going to the house of secrets and learning all, basically all the stuff I just said about that was happening with Damien okay um but yeah I don't I don't know that was a rant I liked that first one a lot. I just haven't gotten around. Obviously, I don't work at the shop anymore, so it's hard for me to just pick up books off the wall and read them. Uh, I've been meaning to read that one. Yeah, and if you want to borrow this one from me, you can. It's it's good. Yeah, there's too many Batman books, and like I said, I just realized that was five ninety nine. I was like, oh no wonder I'm spending so much money at the shop. Holy shit. For a Batman book when there's like 12 other Batman books yeah, out. Yeah, and they're all four ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> to like seven ninety nine. I can't. Okay, so next we're going to complain about other books. This is Namor, Submariner. Conquered Shores, part one. This is a lot. This is issue number one. It's a, a new miniseries. There's going to be five issues for this one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This one says December 2022. That's not right. That's wrong. <laughs> Everything is not right. Uh, so this takes place in the future. Um, bad, the Kree have uh, melted all the ice caps and pretty much the entire world's underwater except for like a small area. Um, so there's like humans that are living on land um, and then the majority obviously of the world is underwater. And so Namor is acting as like a liaison between the royal family, which he is no longer king. Um, he just kind of moves back and forth between the, the land people and the sea people and tries to keep peace. Not going very well. No, it's not going very well. Because he says multiple times um, he is not a diplomat. Yeah. I am no longer a king and never was a diplomat. He looks great as an old man, but yeah. the art is just kind of weird in this book. Um, yeah, that art wasn't my favorite. Um, the story, while intriguing, wasn't that strong. Mm-mm. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, there's something about Namor that I really, really enjoy, but I feel like he has to be just like more blunt and edged. Yeah, like him in Invaders was like perfect, mm-hmm. especially when he's interacting with Captain America. Like I know that this is at some point in the future, so yeah. things have changed whatever but no i i definitely agree well that yeah so not not bad um i i probably won't keep reading it just because i i'm whittling down my full file of the stuff i just kind of enjoy and want to talk to you about yeah i think i am gonna keep reading it just because i love namor um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's fair I don't know. I did, I'm, I kind of have the same feelings, though. Like, I, I it was fine. Like, I enjoyed it just and fine. I but. feel like maybe the second issue, like, you know, it could just not be a... Sh- I mean, comics are like that, you know, the first issue sometimes right. isn't the best, and, like, the rest of the issues are, like, 
really, really great. Especially a lot of, like, Marvel characters that they're mm-hmm. doing these kind of stories about. But I do love Namor, and I like old gray-haired Namor, so I'll give it a try. I'll stick with it. Okay. All right. I have um, Axe Eternals. This is a one-shot tie-in to the Axe event. Um, this one-shot is Ajax. Ajax? Or Ajax. I can never remember. Of the Etern- Ajax. Uh, <laughs> of the Eternals being judged. Right. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Um, I was not a fan of the art, which... Uh, Funny that. Same artist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I was actually thinking that after we started talking about that book, the name more book. Yeah. Well. Just put it together. Um, so yeah, the art, same as I felt about the name more book. Um, oh, and this book is damaged. I don't care. Whatever. Um, but yeah, it's just Ajax being um, judged. It takes place after... Well, shoot. It doesn't say. I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be taking place after the X-Men Axe event that happened last week? Yes, last week. Last week. Um, yeah, because this takes place, like, directly after the stuff with, like, Jean Grey. Okay. So. I just didn't... It's fine. It's fine as a one-shot. You know, it was interesting to see, especially, like, a priestess's point of view Mm -hmm. during the whole thing of their god being a piece of shit and all that kind of stuff. Like, it it was cool. Yeah. But I also just, like, I don't understand why they're picking the specific characters they are to do the judgments on and have one-shots about. Yeah, like, they're not intriguing enough. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, It's a little confusing for me. But, I mean, it's not, it's not necessary to read for the story. Yep. But I feel like these one-shots have kind of been like that in general. Yes, which I wish I had known about ahead of time. Like, I feel like the Star Fox one was a little more important to it because it kind of explains what... Yeah, where they go. Yes, and, like, what what the plan is going to be moving forward. Yeah. But even then, like, they could have just, you know... They'll probably end up throwing that in one of the acts. Right. I feel like that is in one of the acts. They kind of mention it in here. I think it was in this one, or might because I, f- I thought they put it in number five too. I, mean, I don't know. We'll they find might. out. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. Either we'll way, see. either way. Yeah, the the one shots for X are not detrimental to the X Judgment Day storyline. Yeah, that's all I wanted to say. <laughs> smart, smart, good thinking. Yes. Uh, all right, so I will quickly talk about Daredevil. This is issue number what three, four, four. This is issue number four. I mean, not really. But I don't want to get into that right now. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Uh, this is issue number four of Daredevil. Um, Electra and Daredevil are having a ceremony to become part of the Fist, and Daredevil explains the whole situation of Frank Castle being a, a I don't know lover of monsters. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, it wasn't a bad issue. I like. I'm interested. Like, I just want to see the story, like where it's going. I need. I need more. Give me more, Chip. I I do like it. I like. The, I like the art. This issue. Um, who was it? Who was the artist? I remember looking this up. Uh, Rafael de la Torre. De la Torre. Um, yes. So yeah, it does look really good. Yeah. I like the colors for it a lot. Matthew Wilson does mm-hmm. the colors. Oh, we love him. Uh, 
Yeah, it, it look, looks good. Um, Detective Cole is there with them. So, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Taking on the hand. All right. Taking on Frank Castle. The fist and the hand. Yeah, I'm just the like, names. I'm really interested, too, to see how, like, Punisher and Daredevil eventually, like, get kind of tied into each other. Though there isn't an event of that going on. Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, they announced their event list on, like, NYCC, and it's how Marvel always does it. It's like, one event, the other one, another one, and it's like, why? <laughs> just like... I feel like I did see something about that, but you know what? I just like to be surprised. It's like, why Why are you doing so much? Yeah, I It's just like, you can just do, like, one event, and then you're, you can call it good for, like, six months to a year. I was gonna say, like... One a year. Yeah. It's For like, the sake of your people. Well, like, well, that's the exciting thing. That's the whole point of an event. Mm-hmm. Is that it's like an exciting, cool thing. If you continually have, like, a party every week. It loses its, it's edge. Yeah, it loses its fun. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you're just... And then people somehow are still coming to the party, but then those people suck. That's fair, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I, I don't know if that's a good analogy. But I that's, thought it was. That's the one I'm going to use. Because I thought about all the parties that I went to in high school where by the end of it, I was like, I'm tired of this. I'm tired. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't like when people pull out acoustic guitars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so relevant. All right. So talking about more event stuff, we've got Axe, Death to Mutants. I do, like I've said, I like this event quite a bit. I like that there are several different perspectives that mm-hmm. we get from this one situation and how they're all handling it. Yeah, and I mean, this issue just kind of touches on all the things that have been happening more than anything else. It's not... I guess it also delves into, like, the, what's going on with the computer. Um, but really, it's... Yeah, and Star Fox is explained his whole power mm-hmm. position now um yeah i i really liked this issue like i said when i was reading the face stuff and like getting to the end of it mm-hmm. it, just, it like because he is the most human out of all of the eternals like yeah. i think him and icarus the way that they deal with things and yeah you can see that that's x that's other eternals yeah x for you uh so then we have immortal I almost said a mortal Hulk. This is a mortal X-Men. This is issue number seven. This is also a Axe tie-in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you know, every issue of Immortal, they just do a different X-Men that's on the council, and this mm-hmm. one is a Nightcrawler one. And the events that were happening in number five, yeah. I believe Judgment Day number five, were like during after yeah like like around around that time period like the decisions that were made why he did the things that he did oh this is the (laughs) the nightcrawler cover that champ was a peach and grabbed for me i'm always a peach (laughs) we love him never forget i think out of any of the looks that he has had he looks the most like a pirate here. <laughs> oh yeah, no, he looks like super, super like a pirate. Yeah, it cracks me up. Uh, but yeah, that's immortal. That's immortal. It's just Nightcrawler's point of view. Um, you go ahead because okay. that's the last Judgment Day book yes. we've got. 
And then this is, yes, another tie-in. This is the Iron Fist <laughs> one. Um, it, if I this was, is an embarrassment how much we just, like, complained about this shit. And then yeah. we've got all of these. Well, and what's funny is I was very confused when I got this because I was, like, I didn't get, like, any of the other ones except for, like, the, the main ones. Like, I did Eternals, I did X-Men, and then I did Star Fox. Those were my, the tie-ins. But I felt like, because those are characters that I really enjoy, I have never read... Yeah, I thought it was weird when it popped for you, but yeah. it did. Yeah, never read an Iron Fist story once in my life. But then I started reading it, and it's a Loki story. So it all made sense then. It checks out. Yes. Uh, so basically, Iron Fist and Loki get judged in this one, which uh, this was such a fun issue. Like, yeah. I read this and was like, I kind of want to read Iron Fist now, be- not just because of Loki, but just the story mm-hmm. in general. Like, it just seems like such a fun character. It was great. But basically, they... Loki passes, which killed me because his whole judgment process was just him sitting there watching memories that have happened, like events that have already taken place where he throws Thor into like freezing cold water and lets him sink and like drown and stuff. And he's like, I'm not going to do anything differently. Like I'm not (laughs) changing what I did. Like I know what you're trying to do and I'm doing everything exactly the same. Yeah. It was fun. It was a very fun issue. All right. Well, I have the approach... (laughs) This is issue number one. This is a book by uh, Jeremy Hahn, Jason Hurley, Jesus Hervaz, uh, Leah Caballero, and Brett Welde. Wadele. I'm sure you have a regular last name. Sorry, my dude. Wadele. 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 Yeah, Wadele. Uh, does the... I just am just going through names. Uh... <laughs> It's written by Jeremy Hahn and Jason Hurley. The illustration is by Jesus and Leia. The colors are by Brett. And then Ed Dirkshire does the the words. The letters. Jesus. The words. Um, this was not my favorite first issue. Uh, it felt... I mean... I think I'm being too harsh. When I think back on it, it kind of reminds me of a... Like, early 50s sci-fi movie or like a, a Twilight Zone episode. I am actually going to look at it because I yeah. haven't even had a chance to yeah, look no, the at art, it. Yeah, the art and the art and everything, like the art and colors are fantastic. Yeah. Um, like I'm intrigued by the characters. I don't, I don't know why I didn't like it. There's something that just like didn't hit for me. Um, but when I take it into a different like perspective, I'm like, oh, I guess I kind of like it a little more. Um, but yeah, just a little airport in the middle of nowhere is facing like one of the worst winter storms they ever have faced they end up having a plane land having a bunch of people kind of have to stay the night um and then another plane ends up crashing on the uh i don't know where plane planes land the tarmac tarmac. yeah um runway runway there we go um, and they find some bodies in there. They take one of the bodies out before the plane explodes. And then stuff happens. It kind of... Um, That's what I was like. It kind of feels like a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. or like you know, it, it kind of had the same feeling sci-fi. of like, um, like the thing. Yeah. Or yeah. like uh, without the whole vampires, but 30 days of night. Like just the, the atmosphere mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. it. Yeah. It's, I didn't... I don't know. I didn't hate it. I think I need a second issue more than anything to, like, really know how I feel about mm-hmm. it. It's just, like, 
Okay. I mean, that's fair. That's I a also, very fair approach to that kind yeah, of story. Yeah, and I also don't like reveals like that at the end. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm coming out of this like the same way I did with the first issue of something with this killing of the children, where I'm like, I don't, I don't know about that. It reminds me of those kind of endings uh, when I was watching Hellraiser last night. One of my least favorite things in like horror movies that I see so many fucking, and it irritates me every time, when there's a car that goes off a ditch, hits something, screen fades to black. Just immediately just like black. Yeah. I hate that. Every single, because that's, especially if no one is injured, like when the screen comes back. There was no point for that. Yeah, you could just let me see it. That's, it reminded me of that in a way. Like, the feeling that I got reminded me of, like, yeah. that sort of feel where it's just like, okay, but, like, why did you do that? Yeah. I, I don't want it right now. I think that's the thing. It's, like, I think if it would have built, we'll see, built, like, the atmosphere more mm-hmm. of, like, there being something weird about this particular body, but, I, like, I don't. And, and I, that's the same reason I didn't like that first issue of something is killing the children. I didn't like that, like, jump to, like, reveal, like, this is the thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I don't, I don't want to know now. So if it would have, like, ended with the, the bed being empty. Yeah. Then that, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and then the that. next issue kind of building upon that. And yeah. Then, and then the reveal. Right. Yeah, I do feel like it was too much too soon. Yeah. So anyway, I, I liked it. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. We'll see. So we both have Love Everlasting. This is issue number three. Mm-hmm. Um, this one has a giant print print damage. Oh, no. It was really funny. I opened it and I was like, what? Oh, yeah. I was like, mine didn't. I don't remember seeing that. Did but, a yeah. bird poop on this? I was like, no, this is just definitely a print damage. Uh, this just continues Joan's story. She's been hiding out somewhere trying to... Uh, get away from the man in the black mask. This kind of reminds me of, like, Westworld in a weird way. Kind of, yeah, because it's, like, she's moving through time. And, like, stories. Yeah. 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 It's, I do enjoy it quite a bit because there was, like, a bit of a twist in here that I, I was not expecting Yeah, no, I, I was not ready for that. Yeah, it, it kept it very exciting. It was fun. I love the storytelling of it. The art, beautiful. Yeah, I really do like the storytelling of it. Like, I, I get that it's confusing, but it feels confusing and clear, like, I think especially as you, like, get into the second and third issue. And you, yeah. And you kind of have an understanding about, like, I'm just gonna call him, the, like, that she's running away from this man in black, mm-hmm. like, sort of character, and he, like, continually chases her, so I don't know. I, I really like it, and I do think it's worth a read. Uh, yeah, I am, I, I very, very much like it. Especially, yeah, after the first issue where you had, like, three or four different stories in mm-hmm. one, and it was like, what the hell is going on here? But then, yeah, the second issue was just one particular point in time where she's in this story, and then this is, like, another mm-hmm. one, and it, like, evolves the story within the story. It is superb. Yeah, this is actually a really good one. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Tom King. Yeah, you're giving us a good one, friend. You do it every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, so this is Do a Powerbomb. This is issue number five. I don't know. You put yours in there. Speaking of good storytelling, yeah. someone who hits every time. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Warren Johnson is always just brilliant. The story is no different. Um, you get the reveal you've kind of been waiting for this whole time, and then you get a little more mm-hmm. that you're not expecting. It um, just keeps going. Yeah. This issue was really, really great. Um, 
I don't know, like, because the, the matches, matches are kind of ending now. Mm-hmm. And we're going to kind of see who ends up getting to bring their loved one back to life. And I don't know. I'm not ready for the next couple issues. No, it's going to be hard, especially with the way that, yeah, this one did end with, like, the reveal that's happening. And then the, yeah, that, the event yeah. that's going on. Um. Of course, I read all the author's notes again, and there always is one that makes me cry. Yeah. But I also did notice that at the end of every issue, Daniel Warren Johnson recommends a um, wrestling match. Oh. Which I didn't didn't realize, yeah, because I didn't read... Like, I do read his responses sometimes, but for the most part, I just read the the letters. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, at the end of every single one... He obviously says he's like, I did a ton of research for do a powerbomb and a big part was watching a ton of Japanese women's matches, specifically from AJW. I'm not sure what that means. But every single time he will leave a recommendation for a wrestling match for you to watch that will kind of feels Okay. The same, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, that's really awesome. Yes. I love that. Um and then this is the the one that made me cry. My father passed away in 2020 and left a huge void in me when I read Do a Powerbomb number one. I cried. I cried a lot. And I felt like I was by his side once again. Like we were screaming, watching The Undertaker do a tombstone pile driver. And yeah, reading this book reminded me of that phrase that there are magical moments in life when we are reunited with our loved ones who are no longer with us. Today you have reunited me with my father. Yeah, I read that one because I like I skimmed to see which one. Yes, fucks me up every time. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, I think that's like you know that's something we've talked about every single time when, especially because there's always like a letter like that in those books. It's Mm -hmm. just like there's something that like he connects really well about his stories and being very like human, even though they're over the top. Like they can be over the top, but like they have just such heart and just. Real, real, real people eyes. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. I don't don't know what's gonna come in the future here in the next couple issues, and yeah. I'm I'm like excited to see how it ends, but I'm also just like, uh, yeah, it's gonna fuck us up. Uh, <laughs> there are two issues. <laughs> you left. fucking yeah, no, and the last two issues of like Murder Falcon are really what really got me. Those are the only two I have left. <laughs> I've been putting it off yeah, this whole time because I'm like, I can only read one at a time. Yeah, I know. And yeah, I know those last two were, those were rough. And then I should give you that little like Skybound uh, short story because that, that also, like that was like three pages and that ruined me. God damn it. <laughs> it just like absolutely like ruined me. I was like, damn, dude. It's like, it's f- like four pages. Yeah. How did you just... Fuck me up in four just pages. Like reaches inside <laughs> you and just. Hey, you remember this memory? <laughs> God, very specific memory. Uh, anyway, now we've got Once in Future. This is issue number thirty. This is it. This wraps up a uh, end of an era, if you yeah. will, or maybe we'll see. I I loved this ending. I, it was very very satisfying. Yeah, this was like I don't think i could have thought of a like better ending for this book and it's funny because you know we've been talking about ready being ready for it to be done and i've been really excited to read this last issue but Mm -hmm. i was just like it is so bittersweet because i was like actually i don't 
want this to be done. I don't want to like miss these characters or like not see them again. Um, so that was like a really interesting aspect of finishing that book. And there was just, I think a really good, there are really good aspects of the book where it's a lot about family and like how you interact with your family and the things, things you do for your family. And no matter how kind of separated you are, um, and that was something that I, I kind of continually forgot about in the book until this issue where I was like, I, I know that I've been reading this and I've been taking this all in, but this is something I haven't, like, I don't know. It's really easy to get lost in the actual storytelling aspect of Once and Future because Kieran Gillen did that kind of stuff with Die as well. Like, mm-hmm. you forgot at its heart, like, what the story was about until, like, the last few issues. And then it was like, wait a minute. This is not just some, like, fantasy world yeah. that we're in. Like, this is an actual, like, real-life, like, family story. Mm-hmm. Like, it's deep mm-hmm. and it, it hurts and it feels good at the same time. But, yeah. I don't know. The stories were just weaved so well within the plot line that it... It was, yeah, easy to get lost in it. Yeah. Um, And I I just like how all the threads came together, how everything, I don't know. I I was really worried how the ending would hit or, like, what would happen. Um, And I think this is a really good example of, like, a story where you don't have, I mean, you lose somebody, but you don't lose somebody that's, like, not lost already. Yeah. God, sorry, that page always fucks me up. Yeah. It's so good. Um, so yeah, it was just, I, I think I loved Kieran's note at the end too. I love how he thanked everybody on the book because I really, I do think like each and every person who worked on this book is like what made it so good because like there wasn't an aspect of the book I didn't love. Mm -hmm. Like nothing about it was bad. And like, I know, I know we've said this. From, like, every single issue of fucking Once in Future. But, like, Dan Mora and Tamara, like, their color, like, the art and the colors together are just so fucking brilliant. And, like, like Kieran says, it, it like, brings the world to life. And it it really is what, like, draws you into the story. It's just, uh, they deserve their roses because this book is fucking just phenomenal. It's so good. Mm -hmm. I will continue recommending this book to yeah. anybody I can. It's more, I think I've said this every time. This is my favorite book. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is my favorite book and I think it will continue being my favorite until I die. <laughs> it's just so good. Yeah, there, no, like, I don't I don't disagree. There were and I know we have mentioned this with like several of the issues where a lot of it felt like it was kind of dragging, but then you got to the end and that's what like moved it to the mm-hmm. next the next issue. And I think going back and, like, reading it story arc by story arc, I think would just be so much, so rewarding. Yeah. That, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to go back and reread this because I, aside from, like, the first story arc, I have not gone back and, like, reread mm-hmm. the issues. Yeah, I, I have either. I only reread the first one because I got that hardcover and mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to, like... I'm going to peel it open and I'm going to feel what it feels like when I read it. But then I never got past the first one because I was reading all the new issues. Mm -hmm. So it's a fantastic, beautiful book. Could not have picked a better team to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's, uh, 
Yeah, definitely going to be in my favorites for a long, long time. I am like, so glad they decided to go beyond six issues. Oh, I know. That's, uh, I, I don't know how they, I don't know how they could have made the story just six issues. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think I would have, it wouldn't have worked. Mm-mm. I still would have loved it, but not the amount that I am like, I'm grossly like obsessed with this book <laughs> and what they did with it. And it's just. So beautiful. What a good book. What a good story. All right. Well, that's all we've got for this week. So thanks for listening. Uh, we're going to do next last week and get it done. And then we'll, you'll see us again in like however you watch this. All we'll right. Be in your hearts. Uh, go support local comic book shops, your local libraries, your friends, people you know. Uh, Just take care of yourself in general, and we'll see you on the flippy flop. Flip flip. Love you. Do you? No. (laughs) (laughs) I love myself.